It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome to Lockdown Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wes Goldberg, Warriors writer for the Mercury News. We'll have some news about some changes to the show toward the end of the program, but let's start with the trade deadline. This morning, I reported that the Warriors would like to see more of D'Angelo Russell playing with Steph Curry before they make a decision, and that came on the same morning that there were reports from The Athletic that the Warriors and the Timberwolves were still engaged in trade conversations. Or names like Andrew Wiggins were thrown out there. There's another report now saying that the Knicks were offering Bobby Portis and Frank Nielakina, which, okay, great, call me when you have something I care about, New York. But there's been a lot of uh, skepticism about whether or not the Warriors would trade D'Angelo Russell before Thursday's trade deadline. And, and look, I stand by... My reporting, multiple people within the team have told me that they would like to see D'Angelo Russell play with Steph Curry before making a decision. And that's why I do think that any D'Angelo Russell trade is far more likely to happen in the summer than within the next couple of days. And there's a big reason why you would do that. Number one, trading for a guy like D'Angelo Russell, well, there's not a lot of teams out there that are going to do that. Certainly not as many teams that are going to do that midseason as opposed to teams that would do that during the summer when... Teams are far more likely and apt to make wholesale changes to their team, right? So I think that's part of it. The other part of it is that I don't think this Timberwolves offer is going away. Now, there's already some rumors that the war, that the Timberwolves are looking to trade Robert Covington. But I don't think the Warriors are all that interested in Robert Covington. I don't think they're all that interested in Andrew Wiggins. I don't see why you would... In both situations, you're getting a worse player in return. Andrew Wiggins actually makes a little bit more money than D'Angelo Russell, and he's definitely a worse player than D'Angelo Russell. Uh, is he longer? Yeah. Does he play, quote-unquote, a position of need? Sure, but he doesn't have any of the skill sets that you're looking for at that position. He's not a good defender. He can't shoot from the outside. I mean, just because he's longer doesn't make him better, and it doesn't make him a better fit. So I don't see Andrew Wiggins as, as a possibility. D'Angelo Russell on his contract is far more tradable than Andrew Wiggins, so I don't know why you would sally yourself with that. So the Andrew Wiggins thing, get out of here. The Robert Covington thing, 
You've heard me on this podcast say it before. I don't think he's a fit with the Warriors. Uh, he's he's an okay shooter from the perimeter. Not great. Uh, he can't dribble in a straight line. He's not going to help your ball movement necessarily. He's not a great passer or ball handler. And defensively, he's not as versatile as a lot of people think. You, you want him guarding threes and fours, sure. But in the playoffs, you don't want him switched onto guards. And I think he can get targeted. And he has been targeted in, in the postseason. So I don't love the Covington fit either. Now, there's other reports out there that the, the Timberwolves would have to at least offer their unprotected 2020 first-round pick. Now, look, that definitely gets things going. I think that's probably the most valuable asset by far that they have. So, sure, maybe you start having a conversation like that. But, again, the Warriors are going to have a draft pick in a draft that they're not totally psyched about. And I don't know why, if you're the Warriors, you would trade Russell for then just another draft pick in a draft you're not psyched about. It doesn't make sense to me. Now, you could take that pick and use that pick to package for another trade, but I is D'Angelo Russell that much worse of an asset than a lottery pick that in, in a draft that not a lot of people really like? Like I kind of would rather have 23-year-old D'Angelo Russell who's proven and and can help a team, and we know he can help a team. So I know I, I come off as like a D'Angelo Russell defender a lot, but it's not necessarily that. It's not necessarily me defending his game. Or what he contributes to this team. It's just the fact that you don't just trade a guy because everybody's assumed that they're going to trade this guy. Do I still think that a trade is going to happen down the road? Yeah, but not right now because there's, the right trade offer isn't out there. And that goes back to Minnesota because they still really want D'Angelo Russell. We know that they've been calling the Warriors over and over again trying to get D'Angelo Russell. And I don't think that goes away this summer. And if you're the Warriors, there's no urgency to move D'Angelo Russell by Thursday. You can let him play the rest of the season get more of a sample size with him and Steph Curry together, and then make a judgment call in the summer. Because even if the right trade doesn't materialize in the summer, the worst-case scenario is that you have D'Angelo Russell on your team, and he's not a bad player. Now, are there issues defensively with him and Steph Curry in the backcourt? Yeah, there are. But this is a league where you don't really get to choose your superstars. And in the past, the Warriors have gotten to choose their superstars, namely Kevin Durant. That doesn't happen all the time. That was an anomaly. And if we've seen anything, we've seen that the Warriors are willing to adjust. We've seen that the Warriors are willing to take on talent when the talent is there. And I do think D'Angelo Russell is a rare talent. That said, what would it take for Minnesota or another team to take to pry D'Angelo Russell away? Now, before the trade deadline. Well, I just talked about what the Timberwolves could offer. I think it would take at least the lottery pick. And you're probably getting a third team involved to, find, to reroute a player from that third team that the Warriors are actually interested in. Again, I don't think they care about Andrew Wiggins. I don't think they care about Robert Covington, even though all of Twitter thinks that they should be trading for Robert Covington. you got to get a third team involved. I don't know who that third team is, but you're probably looking for a player who plays on the perimeter, who kind of plays a three or four type of position, who could probably play both positions, like Robert Covington, but do a whole lot more than Robert Covington, who is a lot more valuable and, than Robert Covington. Um, and projects as a better fit and a more versatile fit and can unlock some of these lineups that the Warriors want to unlock, which is having Clay Thompson at shooting guard, having Draymond Green playing in the front court alongside another combo forward who can guard the rim a little bit. Uh, I, I, In my trade preview this morning, I, I floated some ideas out there, and it's not with – I have no reporting. It's just pure speculation, but I look at maybe if San Antonio were to get interested in a guy – or, or if San Antonio were interested in D'Angelo Russell and wanted to get younger, I think the Warriors could be interested in a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge, who plays the four, plays the five. You could play him next to Draymond Green. He could be a hub for offense. He's a good passer. He's a better defender than he was in Portland. And 
that makes sense. If you could do a LaMarcus Aldridge plus, you know, a young guard like Derek White to fill in some of those bench minutes, now I think you've got a conversation going. That, to me, is interesting. Again, just speculation. Another idea that I had, if the New Orleans Pelicans are, want to get their point guard's age in line with Zion Williamson's age, would they move Drew Holiday for D'Angelo Russell? And maybe you have to add a few things here or there, but the core of it would probably be Drew Holiday and D'Angelo Russell. That, to me, is really intriguing because, no, you don't get Clay Thompson to play the shooting guard position again. That would be Drew Holiday's position. But Drew Holiday is so versatile defensively. He is so good defensively, and he could play off the ball really well. He's, I, I think he's better off the ball than he's on the ball, and I think he would tell you that too. That I think he's a really natural fit, and he could be a versatile, switchable defender. Yeah, he's he's got shooting guard size, but he's got a really long wingspan, and he's just a really tough, smart defender. I think it would work. Uh, and then the other idea I had was with the 76ers, no, not for Ben Simmons. I don't like the Ben Simmons fit. I think it doesn't it doesn't work as long as you have Draymond Green. But Tobias Harris is a really interesting guy to me. He would play sort of that Harrison Barnes, Kevin Durant role at that at that four position. He could play the three in starting units next to Draymond Green. But then once you get Draymond Green to center, he could play that four spot. He's playing the four a lot for Philadelphia right now. That. That would be interesting. Now, I wouldn't do D'Angelo Russell for Tobias Harris straight up. I think the Sixers would have to throw in at least something else. But maybe we, we've been looking at the wrong Sixers guy this whole time. Maybe we've been looking at the wrong guy this whole time. Maybe that's sort of – I think that's sort of the mold of player that the Warriors are looking for. Tobias Harris can do a few things with the ball in his hands. He's definitely a better ball handler than Robert Covington is. He's a better shooter than Robert Covington is. He's a better defender then I think a lot of people give him credit for it. He's, he's got really good size, and I think he can give you some rim protection in the front court. Um, but again, all of that is just speculation. I do think that for the Warriors to actually move on from D'Angelo Russell, it would take a pretty clear upgrade roster-wise. And uh, I don't know if that means an upgrade for, for just a one-for-one player or if you're getting two really high-level role players in exchange for one all-star player, but it would take something along those lines, I think, for them to move Russell. And I don't see that trade being offered out there right now, but anything can happen in the next few days. Coming up, I'll tell you a few of the more likely candidates to get traded before the deadline. This spring, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. With amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventures, and incredible food, Arizona is the perfect home for baseball fans. Arizona has one-of-a-kind spring training experiences, 10 stadiums, 15 Major League Baseball teams, and 75-degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are within 50 miles of each other, making it easy to see as much of the action as possible. If you've ever been to a spring training, you know it gives you a great opportunity to meet the players and get autographs before the game. Then after the games, check out the amazing restaurants and bars nearby and enjoy live music from local and national artists. Plus, Arizona is known for its incredible landscapes and thrilling outdoor adventures. Go on hikes, hot air balloon rides, or skydiving if you're into that sort of thing. You can even go jet skiing, which is more of my kind of thing, or just take in that beautiful Arizona sunset. No matter what you love to do, Arizona has you covered. And if you're bringing the kids along, Arizona is a fantastic destination for families, with family-friendly resorts and hotels that offer plenty of fun for kids of all ages, from water parks to horseback rides to games and organized activities. So plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so there are a few more Warriors players who are way more likely to get traded, I think, than D'Angelo Russell is before Thursday's tread deadline. I think the obvious name that we keep talking about is Alec Burks. Now, with Burks, I don't think they have as much urgency to move him after trading Willie Cauley-Stein. They were able to free up enough cap space that they are able to promote Marquise Chris and Kai Bowman to the regular roster, so that's no longer an issue. But I still think that there is urgency to move him. And we'll... We'll get to some of those reasons why, but the main one is because I don't think that they see him as probably coming back this season, and you sign him for a minimum. He's out there putting a lot of points on the scoreboard, but I I, I think that there's an understanding that he's probably going to be priced out uh, when he hits free agency, that they, they can only offer him up to $3 million or the mid-level exception. I don't think that they want to use the mid-level exception on a guy like Burks. I think they'd rather go in a different direction than that. So they could move him, and I don't. You looked around. You look around the league, and you see what guys like Burks typically go for, and it's probably a high second round pick, maybe a couple of second round picks toward the end of the of the draft. But uh, I don't think you're getting a first rounder for Alec Burks. Uh, you know, I know he's putting up crazy stats, but there's still pretty severe limitations to his game. He's not an efficient scorer. He's vo- he's a volume scorer. Um, he's not a great defender. He's not a great playmaker for others. Uh, so you've got to be a team that really wants that. Now, he can do some ball handling. He can take guys off the dribble, and he could score. But not every team is looking for that. But I do think there are some teams that make a lot of sense. I'm talking about the teams in Los Angeles, the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, I think Oklahoma City has a need for him. I think he would be a good fit there. And there's a bunch of other teams that I think could be a good fit. So it wouldn't shock me if the Warriors had a couple of Alec Burks offers already in the chamber that they were willing to use if they needed to, to willing to go that route if they needed to go that route. But I also think the closer you get to the trade deadline, it doesn't hurt to keep your options open, to hold on to Alec Burks until you get to that Thursday deadline and just flip him for the best offer possible. There's going to be a lot of offers coming in in the next few days, and I think unless one just completely bowls you over, if you're the Warriors, you just wait until the last minute and then go in whatever direction. Just pick up whatever the best offer is and phone it in. Uh, The other guy is Glenn Robinson III. Now, I do think the Warriors are more bullish on Robinson's long-term fit than they are Burks's long-term fit. What Glenn Robinson gives you is a nice 3 and D player who hits open shots, can do some stuff off the dribble. He's been their most reliable perimeter defender this year, but if you pair him with Klay Thompson next year, you go from asking him to guard LeBron James and James Harden and Kawhi Leonard on a night-to-night basis, where now he doesn't have to guard Kawhi Leonard. He can slide to the next you know, guy. He can slide to a Paul George or or a player like that. If he instead of guarding LeBron, he can guard, you know, Contavious Caldwell Pope or something like that. So I think as reliable as he's been defensively this season, he can be even better defensively when he's going when he's matched up with lesser offensive players, when he's not against the elite, elite offensive players in this league. And then he runs the floor well. He's got a good feel for when to get to the corner, when to sprint to the basket. I think if you, you played him in an up tempo style like Steve Kerr wants to play uh, more than they're already playing this season. I think his fit is a lot smoother. It makes more sense. That said, they're still in a similar situation like with Alec Burks where they could only offer him so much money. They're probably not going to want to dip into their mid-level exception to re-sign him, even though I think they'd be more likely to do that for a guy like Glenn than they would Alec. But if they feel like they're not going to be able to bring him back, then maybe you flip him at the deadline. 
I again, I look at the Los Angeles teams. They make a lot of sense. I look at a team like Houston who's looking for perimeter help. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so those are the two main guys to watch, those two guys on minimum contracts. And the other thing is because they're signed using the veteran minimum, the Warriors can trade them into cap space elsewhere without taking salary back. Now that's important because the Warriors are a little bit less than $4 million over the luxury tax apron, meaning they're going to pay the tax, they're going to end up paying the repeater tax probably, and they don't want to do that in the best of worlds. I think ideally they would be able to avoid that. I think that's going to be a motivation for them in the next few days. What would it take to get under the luxury tax? Well, they could trade Kavon Looney, which I don't think is going to happen, uh, even though if you just trade Kavon's contract, it gets you under the tax and you don't have to worry about it. But because of his medical history, especially this season and that neuropathic condition that teams are aware of, I don't see a team trading for Kavon right now. Uh, not right out, Not when he's got two more years uh, at $5 million a year left on that contract. I, I just I think he, that, that, that medical history is going to scare other teams off. Uh, and then I think if you're the Warriors, you really like what you know of Kavon Looney. I think you, you like what he could provide you if and when he is healthy. And I don't see them trading him at his lowest possible market price right now. So to me, I think they hold on to Kavon. Uh, mostly by default, but just but also because I don't think they are really that motivated to move off of him. Um, but if you could trade Alec Burks and get some draft pick assets back, if you could trade Glenn Robinson, get some draft pick assets back, and then if you could trade Jacob Evans, who, look, if you're watching these Warriors games, you know that this is the guy who's the odd man out next season. I, I, you know, I know he's only in his second year, but he's really struggled. He, I don't think he's completely healthy. I, I've never seen a guy so like at his size so much less mobile than he is. I just I think there's something still going on with his hips. Um, he broke his nose. He had that concussion more recently. Um, the shot hasn't been there like the way it was in the preseason. I just don't really know what it is that he provides to this team. And if you look at what these other perimeter players are providing, not just Burks and Robinson, but if you look at a guy like if you look at a guy like Jordan Poole, who everybody was blasting at the start of the season, he looks way better than Jacob Evans ever has in these last few games. Uh, he had a nice little three or four game stretch there where he definitely looked better than Jacob Evans ever has in the NBA. So I think the Warriors would like to move off of Evans, especially if it means that they can get below the tax. But what that would probably mean is because he has one more ye- one more year left on that contract, they would have to part with assets to do that. Maybe, maybe it's the assets that you're getting back in an Alec Burks trade or a Glenn Robinson trade. So to me, if I'm looking at anything to happen between now and the NBA trade deadline, I wouldn't be looking at a D'Angelo Russell trade. I'd be looking at those guys. Where does Burks go? Where does Glenn Robinson go? What sort of assets can you get back? And by the way, the Warriors still have that 2020 pick from Utah coming back over in the Willie Colley Stein trade. And how many of those assets do they have to tack onto a guy like Jacob Evans in order to basically part with in order for somebody else to pay for that final year of Jacob Evans? What team out there value second round picks enough that they'd be willing to pay Jacob Evans next year or maybe they think that they can get something out of Jacob Evans next season which who knows maybe they think that but based on what we've seen so far in Golden State I wouldn't think that Um, but those are the guys I'd be looking at the other way the other players that the Warriors could possibly move I mean you could look at a guy like Omari Spellman who's under contract for next year they like Omari Spellman I don't think that they would move him necessarily and then of course there's Draymond Green who's today had his um, trade restriction lifted uh, because he signed his extension six months ago. Uh, the that trade restriction was lifted today. There's a six month restriction from the date that he signed his extension. So they have the Warriors have like four, three or four days now 
to trade Draymond Green, but I don't see them doing that. Draymond Green is obviously an established part. He's got the you know organizational equity to stay there. I think they'd rather see him with Steph and Clay and and without like if they're not going to want to make as drastic a decision as moving D'Angelo Russell, I don't see them making as drastic a decision as moving Draymond Green and sending that message to the other superstars who have been sidelined for all or most of the season. Some important news about the future of the show is coming up next. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so I'm going to make this quick. So because of California's AB5 bill, which you may have heard to is referred to as the gig bill or the Uber bill, um, businesses have to hire independent contractors now as employees. Now, Charles Hamilton and I were both hosting this show as independent contractors, but because of certain limitations, Locked On uh, could only keep one of us uh, on the show for five days a week. Now, the good news is that Charles, who had been hosting this show for a long time before I even got on, uh, will still be around. We're still working out the details, but he won't be gone completely. It's just going to be a little less frequent. Uh, and then for me, I'll take over as the new daily host. So, so things will be different around here, but you can still expect a bunch of inside information and analysis about the Warriors. And if you don't like it, write to your congressman. And also subscribe. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Lockdown Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you're on iTunes, rate us, review us, say nice things about us. We will have more on the trade deadline as the week goes on and as the news rolls out. Thanks for listening. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 